Darkness. A bell steadily rings, rousing you from your slumber. You can make out the soothing sounds of water. Where are you? As you wake up, you realize you do not feel well. Body aches everywhere. Alternating between hot and cold, you sweat, you shiver. You wish you were asleep, but you can't ignore how miserable you feel. Head pounding, skin itching. Your eyes are bleary as you blink them open, unable to make sense of your surroundings. Everything is moving. The sun is setting and the light is dim. Slowly, it dawns on you that you're on a boat, a small, cramped boat. Getting your bearings, you realize your body has no space to move, sandwiched between what feels like two dead weights. It's like you're suffocating. Help, you whisper. Where am I? You look up at the sky, which is all you can see from your crusted eyes. A cloud passes overhead. Maybe help will be sent from above. No. This life is cold, painful, merciless. You turn your head to the right. A small girl is curled up next to you. Is she alive or dead? Her skin is peeling off. Sores and blisters, oozing pus. She moans softly, and you realize she's still alive. The sight of her sores make you want to crawl out of your skin, but you're not going anywhere. Your head turns to the left. The person pressed up against your left side is definitely dead. The flesh is rotting, black. The smell of death suddenly overwhelms you as you fully enter into your new reality. You lift your head back slightly, and you make out a ghoulish figure staring, black-eyed and menacing. The Grim Reaper. As your eyes fade into focus, you realize it's a human form, but with the head of a bird. <laughs> How was this possible? Are you hallucinating? Delirious with fever? <laughs> Suddenly, it dawns on you. What you're staring directly at is the Medico della Peste, the dreaded plague doctor mask. You're not dreaming. You're being rowed to your doom. I'm not sick, you protest. You try to sit up, but you're too weak. You know this is nothing but a cold. It'll pass. No one on the boat responds. Your senses are overwhelmed with a smell of ash. Something putrid is burning. Suddenly, you see it. The infamous bell tower, inching closer with every row of the oar. It's happening. There's nothing you can do to fight it. You are being dragged against your will to your tomb. Povelia Island.
Welcome to Haunted Places. I'm Greg Polson. Every other Thursday, I take you to the scariest, eeriest, most haunted, real places on Earth. This week, join me on a tour of Italy's Island of Evil, Povelia Island. To this day, it's considered one of the most haunted places on Earth. If you can't get enough haunted places, don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast, and on Twitter at Parcast Network. In the opening of our show, you found yourself on a gondola with a one-way ticket to your tomb on Povelia Island. During the plague years, Venice was besieged by the Black Plague both in the 14th century and the 18th century. The city had to do something to separate the well from the dying. Anyone showing even the slightest sign of illness was dragged off against their will to Povelia Island. They were supposed to give victims 40 days to see if they would improve, but there wasn't enough room on the island for that. It became well known if you came to Povelia Island, you would most certainly die. Maybe this is why the spirits here are so violent, well known to be aggressive and hostile. Fighting to their last breath is what they know. Revenge will be theirs. The island was a grave and furnace to incinerate the bodies it couldn't bury fast enough in massive, unceremonious pits. The man in the bird mask was a doctor, and the horrifying mask was designed to protect him from airborne disease. Terrifying onlookers was just a bonus. They believed that the strong smell of herbs would keep them protected from the illness. They filled their beaks with aromatic flowers and herbs. Everything from lavender, roses, and carnations, to mint and camphor, sometimes even a vinegar sponge. But that wasn't the only thing giving the doctors a macabre appearance. The hollow eye sockets of the mask were covered in glass, and the doctors covered themselves from head to toe in leggings and hats and gloves. Any semblance of flesh or humanity obscured from vision. People often thought they were seeing a being from beyond, in some sort of hellish fever dream. And don't forget, everything about the treatment of humans on Povelia Island was inhumane. Without the gloves to touch and inspect bodies, doctors were relegated to poking victims with canes. They poked the disease with canes to examine and even remove their clothing. Each person was just a festering object to be dealt with. Did these doctors even care? Where was the humanity? Where was the beating heart of a human? Dying or dead, like everything else on this island. Living persons who stepped ashore on Pavalia Island find themselves feeling unwelcome. Here's a story of just how unwelcome they are. The human capacity for vile and malevolent behavior lives on Povelia Island to this very day. I know that because years ago my family visited. A vacation, my father said. I wasn't so sure about that. Instead of chartering a tour, my father drove the motorboat himself. 
I learned later that visitors were cut off from the island sometime in the 1970s, and that by the 1990s, the island was abandoned for a reason. As the boat skipped over the water's surface, creating a harsh wake in the Venetian lagoon, my father told me stories. He said the beings that wander Pavalia are the tortured and the torturers. Pavalia Island is a burial ground for the deceased, insane and criminal. Why he would tell a child this is beyond me. But I loved ghost stories, and my father didn't believe in ghosts. So he threw caution to the wind, and I was his rapt audience. He told me that the first people to arrive on Pavalia Island came from Padua as early as 421 AD to escape barbaric invasions. During the fall of the Roman Empire, it was a refuge for the Roman elite. The wealthy flocked here while their lives disintegrated around them. This was a place of loss from the beginning. Apparently, we were the only ones who wanted to come here for fun. When the plagues arrived, Povelia Island was known as a lazaretto, a pretty word for such a grim reality, a quarantine station. Over 160,000 bodies have died, been burned, or buried here, almost all against their will. He told me that if we started digging, we wouldn't be able to count all the bones we would find. And Povelia Island was small. We can walk around all of it quickly. It's less than 15 acres in total, easily small enough to fit into New York's Central Park. Where do you put over 100,000 corpses? The answer was everywhere. Death was in the soil of the sand. Literally. I walked carefully. My father didn't care, but I didn't want to disturb anyone. Because the remains have nowhere to go, human carnage is the very ground you walk on. I watched as human ash sifted through my hands when I picked up a clump of dirt. I wondered who the person was that I held in my hands. If she was maybe a child like me. I shuddered at the thought. Along the perimeter of the water, I stumbled on a fragment of a skull. We inspected it. Then I secretly put it in my pocket. Maybe that's why the spirits won't let me go. I took a piece of them. The bodies that were cast into the water during the plague years always washed back up. Charred bones are known to still wash up to shore. My father told me that centuries after the plagues, the island housed an insane asylum, starting in the late 19th century. The patients were mistreated and subjected to sadistic abuse. He even showed me where the sign still exists. Riparto Psychiatria, it said. I could feel in the air that no one that ever came here actually wanted to be here. And it felt wrong that our family lives here so willingly. After the sun went down on our first night, any semblance of innocence on the island went along with it. I could tell my mother was nervous, eyes darting around as we ate dinner. I thought my father was scared too, but he insisted he didn't believe in spirits. Nothing bad can happen to us here, he proclaimed as he took a deep gulp of Chianti. He was so insistent about it that he put me in my own tent for the night, despite my protesting. He didn't want to indulge me, 
But I could sense them everywhere. The spirits. They didn't want us here. And I didn't want to be here. It didn't take long for them to let me know. As soon as the flashlights went out, I could hear them. I couldn't see them, but I could feel them brushing against my skin. The air became frigidly cold, and the windows were shut tight. I was too scared to move in my bed. I lay there, not moving, afraid to breathe. Suddenly, something clawed against my skin. It happened so fast, all I remember is screaming loud enough to wake the dead and sprinting to my parents. My face bled. Was it a claw? A fingernail? A bite? I don't even know what happened. I certainly never saw it. But I will always feel its essence as long as I live. The essence of pure evil. My mother was furious with my father. She wanted off this godforsaken place immediately. How could anyone last a second here? I was rushed to the hospital, where I got 14 stitches. We never spoke of the incident again. Everyone is too scared. As if to mention it would mean a black cloud has followed us, that a piece of Povelia Island lived on inside of us. Others sneak onto Bavalia, sailing in boats without permits. I wish them better luck than we had. But I know that nothing has changed. Even today, fishermen avoid the area, refusing to cast their nets anywhere near it. Even though Pavalia Island is within earshot of Venice, it couldn't be further from the revelry, the tourist traps, the whimsy of the gondoliers and carnival masks which is where I will stay from now on. But whenever I see it in the distance, just half a mile away in the lagoon, I remember. Hell is always just within reach. Our story will continue in a moment after a brief message. And now, back to Haunted Places. By the time we arrived into the early 20th century, even those not dying, murderous or insane, became insane when they spend any time at Pavalia Island. Picture a doctor, a more modern version of our plague doctor, not covered in robes and a bird mask, but one who is cloaked in darkness all the same. During the time of epidemics, it is understandable that many things may be carried out hastily, there's no time for fanfare and grieving when an entire population is dying, or at risk of dying. But there's no explaining for the unspeakable atrocities that happened in the 20th century, except for maybe demonic possession. In the 1920s, Pavalia Island is now used as a mental institution, or more accurately, an insane asylum, and a lab for sadistic human experiments. In theory, the location makes perfect sense. A tranquil island with close access to the city. But what they don't account for is that the past is always present. A young man sits locked in his hospital room. He sits in a chair all day, staring out the window. 
His life has been full of promise. Intelligent, but sometimes his mind would play tricks on him. Sometimes he thought he saw ghosts. And so they sent him here to get better. But he is only getting worse. Some people see trees out the window. Ivy weaving its way idyllically up and down the buildings. He sees carnage. Suffering. The tortured ghosts of the past also infiltrated the minds of the caretakers, leading them to commit unspeakable acts on their fellow humans. The doctor here is infamous. Paolo is his name, according to the locals. Is he possessed by the demons of torturous past? Uncaring, unfeeling to his fellow brothers and sisters. The young man lives in fear of Paolo. Paolo is even more terrifying than the chaos in his mind that got him sent here. The young man has heard rumors. Paolo likes to stick sharp objects into his patient's brains just to see what twitches, what reacts. The young man isn't the only one seeing ghosts. From the hospital's ill-fated inception, patients have complained of the ghosts of the Black Plague. Some are especially vocal. They're burning alive! The young man hears a fellow inmate cry as the nurses wheel him past, gaunt, hollow-eyed, terrified. The young man covers his ears, rocking himself in the corner. They're just waiting for the misery to end, but it won't stop. Please make it stop, he begs the nurses. But who listens to a crazy man? It's especially bad at night, in the darkness of doomed corridors, alone in an institutionalized bed. Nothing can make it stop. And the hospital staff ignores their patients' pleading and suffering. The young man wonders if his illness makes him more open to the spirit world. The veils are thinner. Reality is a bit more blurred. And what more unfortunate place to send a sensitive soul than to the most haunted island on Earth. I can see them. The man points a finger at nothing. The lesions, the festering sores. Is what he sees a hallucination? Or are the ghosts coming for him? But the young man should have kept his mouth shut. He's drawn too much attention to himself. The door to the young man's room opens slowly, and he recoils in terror. The demon of the asylum, Paolo, stands in the doorway, flanked by two nurses. There's a mad gleam in his eye. Bring him to me, Paolo commands. The doctor, Paolo, in his misguided attempt to cure insanity, becomes consumed with finding a cure. Possessed, if you will. The nurses grab the young man's arms, dragging him down the darkened hall against his will. I'm not crazy, he insists. They're here. The nurses usher the young man into the operating room. They strap him down. Paolo looms over the young man, a wickedly sharp metal object in his hand, shaped like an ice pick. The young man's eyes grow wide as saucers as he watches the rudimentary tool come towards his face, to the side of his head. He can do nothing to stop what is happening as he feels the sharp pressure on the side of his head, slowly puncturing the skin. The skull 
And now the young man sits at the window again, seeing the spirits, seeing the torture, but he can't tell anyone about it anymore. He just sits, not dead, not living, in between hell and earth, just like the island itself. Like his predecessors, Paolo pokes and prods, only without a cane. He uses crude instruments for his surgeries, blunt objects like hand drills, chisels, and hammers. If this was intended as a sanctuary for healing, this is not what happened for them. Their lives become a living hell. But maybe they don't notice after the doctor performs a lobotomy. What human being in his right mind would do this? Perhaps Paolo isn't in his right mind. One of his nurses notices something is off. She sees his increased cruelty, his escalating mania. Was Paolo succumbing to demonic possession? His mind and spirit slowly being infiltrated by the torturers of Era's past? Paolo begins to see the ghosts his patients tell him about. The nurse listens to him. He sounds like someone who should be checking in here, not overseeing others' mental health. <gasps> he tells her that he closes his eyes, and there they are, lurking in shadowy corridors, crying out from the darkest recesses of the hallways and of his mind, finding him in every corner. He can't escape. She watches Paolo pace the hallways, the cafeteria, the picturesque grounds, consumed, muttering. He has no peace. How can he live with himself, with the visions, with his vile, unconscionable behavior? Who is he anymore? And a more terrifying prospect? Who is he becoming? She cannot give him these answers. Paolo whispers to her of ghastly deeds, that they're urging him to join them. Inside or outside, there's nowhere to go. No reprieve for the damned. He can't live with this anymore. He's being followed. She tells him maybe he should take a vacation. She watches one day as Paolo ascends the bell tower. She asks where he's going. He says that maybe the ringing can drown out the suffering voices he hears, the agonizing visions he endures. It's too much. He must make it stop. At the top, the doctor whips around. Who's there? Who is up here? He cries out. He suffocates. He's being strangled alive. The nurse is entranced by what she sees transpiring above her from the ground below. She sees Paolo in the midst of a struggle, inching closer to the edge of the bell tower. Dangerously close. Suddenly, Paolo flies off the side of the tower, careening the long distance to the ground below. The doctor lands on the ground. She watches, powerless to rush to his side rooted in her place, as if compelled by an outside force. She opens her mouth to cry for help. Nothing comes out. Did Paolo throw himself off the tower, overcome with guilt and unable to live with himself anymore? Or was he thrown off 
by some invisible force. The nurse fears the latter. As if by some miracle, or an additional torture perhaps, Paolo does not die from this fall. He's paralyzed, incapable of movement, but he's still breathing, holding on to his life. The nurse rushes to him. The nurse watches in horror and disbelief the scene unfolding before her. A sickening dark mist emerges out of nowhere. The sinister cloud envelops the immobile and struggling doctor. Slowly, the invisible force chokes the doctor to death. Is this toxic air poisoning him? Or is it a murderous entity suffocating the life out of him after pushing him off the tower? And then, he's gone. The black cloud dissipates, leaving nothing but questions. What forced the doctor off the bell tower? Where did that come from and how? The atrocities on Pavalia Island curse the place to this day. Will it ever be able to rise above the dark forces? Or is the grip of the damned too tight? <gasps> We'll return to our story in just a moment. And now, back to our story. We'll end with a tale of modern-day visitors to the island. Obtaining permission to access Pavalia Island is hard to come by, but for the few determined ghost hunters like myself, access is granted. My friend and I are dropped off at sundown. Our boat driver makes jokes about never seeing us again. It sends shivers up my spine. He'll be here to pick us up in the morning, if we make it out alive. The moment we get off the boat, it already feels as if we need to speak in hushed tones, so as not to invoke the wrath of the dead. The sun is going down quickly, and we've got a lot of work to do. We're setting up audio and visual recorders in several locations around the island, Locations where we know there are high levels of paranormal activity that can be monitored by our electromagnetic field detectors. Our cameras have infrared light extenders to detect even the smallest ghoulish movement. Our equipment immediately malfunctions. A few batteries drain inexplicably fast. Someone doesn't want to be seen. The sun goes down, and we find ourselves in pitch blackness, even the moon doesn't want to shine on Povelia Island. We head to the plague fields, specifically to the bridge where bodies were dumped over the side. We set up a tripod on the bridge and move into the fields, calling out that we're doctors, we're here to help the sick. We hope our lie will summon the ailing spirits. The only sound is the sound of bone breaking under our shoes as we pad softly on the ground. We turn at the sudden noise. Our tripod suddenly crashes to the ground. We rush back over. It's clear as we review the footage that a phantom field of light, almost in the shape of a human, ran past us and over the bridge, violently knocking over the tripod as it absconded in the opposite direction. Was this an entity fleeing from a plague doctor? Did it not want to be recorded by a modern-day interloper? Whatever the reason, this spirit wants nothing to do with us. 
We move inside, even more darkness. Without our night vision cameras, we can see nothing. Who knows how much time passes as we walk through the echoing corridors of the chapel, the bell tower, the hospital bedrooms, always with a sense of being watched, hearing voices down the hallways, never exactly sure where they originate from. The asylum days still live on. The equipment in the cafeteria is still there, old-fashioned but still ready to be used if need be. It's stuck in time, as if some orderly could walk in at any moment. But there's no one here. In fact, the silence is deafening. I decide to summon spirits. Use my energy, I call out. An invitation to let a ghost use your corporeal form is rarely declined. We don't have to wait long. We hear something from far away. We remain silent, trying to detect where it's coming from. Hearts pounding, blood racing. This is what we came for. It sounds like someone is walking with determination towards us. We know that no one else is on the island. This must be a spirit. I want to run. What have I done? Use my energy! I call out again, as if the spirit wouldn't be able to find us. The disembodied footsteps are louder now. And then, out of nowhere, it sounds and feels as if something is about to collide into me. Look out! My friend yells to me. We can see a shadowy light coming towards us. The last thing I remember is looking down at my thermometer and seeing the temperature instantly drop 10 degrees. My eyes are open, but I can't see. All of a sudden, I see red. My body cramps. I can barely stand up. Feels like the wind is knocked out of me, and yet I'm panting like a wild animal. I turn to my friend and see Red, a measly human who knows nothing, who has never experienced true agony. I want him to suffer, like I'm suffering. I lunge toward him and he stumbles backward, terror in his eyes. Good. Suddenly I can see much better around the room. I see blood. I see anguish. I see rage! And I feel it in the marrow of my bones. I'm gagging. I can't sustain this feeling. It overwhelms me. I hear my name being repeated over and over like a prayer. I think it's the devil taunting me, tempting me to the other side. All I know is I want to slam my fist into something so it will know my wrath. I feel unhinged, dangerous. I fall to my knees. I want this to stop. But who am I? I hear my name again. Oh, this time I know it's my friend, not the devil. Oh, I snap out of it. Energy floods back into my body. 
I can feel my own blood rush to my fingers. I look around the dark room. Only the light from the camera to help me regain awareness of my surroundings. And then the truth dawns on me, fully, that someone has been in my body. My friend asks if I'm okay. He's relieved to see that he can see me again. We both know that there was something else here with us. Something cruel. Something that wanted to inflict their misery onto us. And now, I know a piece of that misery too. Who had possessed my body? Certainly someone with malintent. My friend helps me up off the ground, and we make our way outside. The sun rises over the calm sea in the distance, a shallow light that will only grow with each passing minute. We had survived, but I could never look at my friend's naive, happy face the same way again. This story was inspired by real-life experiences of intrepid ghost hunters. The tales are all the same, foreboding, warnings, malfunctions. The island is deeply inhospitable to interlopers. What's next for Pavelia Island? Will the spirits that haunt these grounds ever find peace? Will it ever be able to shake its stigma? The other islands in the Venice Lagoon have been developed into luxury resorts, and many of them thrive. While some locals reject the idea of developing Pavelia Island, which would only bring more throngs of tourists into their already saturated city, most agree that a revamp of some sort is in order. Perhaps a public park or grounds for camping. But some inexplicable and powerful force always keeps anything good from thriving and flourishing here. Perhaps because it's a burial ground and the dead do not want to be disturbed. After all these years, they just want to be left in peace. And if you bother them, they'll bother you. Several people have reported hearing the same ominous warning upon arrival. They say a voice whispers firmly from somewhere indistinct, somewhere beyond. Leave immediately and do not return. Every place you step on Povelia Island, a body has been buried. The horror oozes out of the ground at every turn and with every breath you take. But the nameless, the forgotten, the damned still make their mark, telling you to stay out. At long last, leave them be. That is, unless you want to join them. Thanks for listening to Haunted Places. Don't forget to subscribe to Haunted Places on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review or tell us what you think on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. It seems simple, but it really helps our show. 
A new episode comes out every other Thursday. We'll see you next time. Haunted Places was created by Max Cutler. It's a production of Cutler Media and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Ron Shapiro. With production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Haunted Places is written by Gina Machusik. I'm Greg Polson. <laughs>